0: everyone and welcome to back of the grid my name is Chris and I am joined as always by Tom hi and by Stu hello and I'm not even sure where to begin after that race um (laughs) I think it's safe to say I've never seen anything like that in all my years of watching F1 yeah that that, I said that on more than one occasion throughout
1: that race it that's just the most hectic ridiculous We've entered the twilight zone guys. We're in the <laughs> twilight zone now. This is it's just it's just
0: absolute it's descended into chaos. When when you think you've seen it all, 2021 gives you more yeah that you never even could have predicted. Yeah. What is going
1: to happen in the next race? Before without getting ahead of ourselves, if that was that crazy and that wasn't even the last race,
0: what the heck is going to go on if in a week's time, less than a week's time. If the championship's decided by a meteor hitting the track, I wouldn't even be surprised at this <laughs> oh God, point. That would be like literal Armageddon would be an <laughs> awful episode of back of the grid. But <laughs> um, we will actually briefly start by um, saying um if you watch the F2 race uh before F1 on Sunday, you'll know there was a pretty massive, nasty crash between um Theo Porcher and Enzo Fittipaldi, um at the start. Uh, they were both to Hospital, but we now know they're both basically okay. Um, Enzo's brother, Pietro, reported that um, he's got a fracture in his right heel, but he's awake and alert, and all in all, things are much better than they expected after. I think they said it was like a 71G impact. It was... Whoa. Yeah, which wow. is bigger than uh Verstappen at Silverstone and Grosjean in Bahrain's incidents
1: how big was Alonso's in Australia that time Do you that, that? Was, was
0: that 50 that, something I think yeah that was in like a 50
1: wasn't it 50 odd that's yeah. crazy yeah. that's a huge hit
0: yeah huge hits obviously very glad they're both okay and yeah wish them both uh, a quick recovery mm-hmm. so let's let's give a quick word <laughs> no, that's to, out of the way <laughs> let's give a quick word to qualifying um which was actually a very exciting qualifying session i thought yeah uh and i think i guess the only thing really is mentioned before getting to the race is verstappen at the very end so we had that weird situation where they were doing laps out of sync so it was kind of everyone else was doing and we were just watching verstappen and he was i mean it was a monster lap for all but one of the corners um should easily have been pole and then Went deep into the last corner, still yeah. tried to floor it on the exit and put it in the wall, which left him third. And yeah. I know it's easy to say in hindsight, but that kind of felt like looking back. It's sort of a sign of things to come, like <laughs> that <molding>. was Yeah, <laughs> like that was the just leave it all on the line attitude the stafford yeah. seemed to take into this race. I weekend. guess so.
1: I mean it was a, it was probably the lap of
0: the season up until it was ludicrous up until the point that it wasn't <laughs> like he I'm pretty sure he clipped the wall or came within millimeters at like turn yes. 4 like it was Yeah, he did. insane. It was very very if he didn't yeah. it was very 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 close to it.
1: Um, um yeah, you're right. It, it it sort of it did set the tone. It, it, he you could you knew at that point I think that he was not going to leave anything on the table. He was always going to be I mean, for the rest of the season, in in the previous race, everything was on the ragged edge. Ragged edge with him, anyway. Hmm. Um, his race start in the previous race was absolutely brilliant. He he executed that really well. He, yeah, it was it was a brilliant lap up until the point it wasn't. That's yeah.
0: that's the yeah. best <laughs> thing I can say about it. Yeah, I mean, it really, really was so so let's get into this race I've, I've literally just kind of bullet pointed things that happened in chronological order and we'll I just that's the best go way through them through and this. talk about them yeah. so first start was surprisingly clean especially if you've watched the f2 races where i don't think mm. in any of the three f2 races they got further than turn four without a safety car if i remember rightly um mercedes at that point in a really strong position um Running first and second, Bottas uh doing his sort of wingman role very well. Um I thought yeah, it was interesting. Really well. Interesting after qualifying, Hamilton said something like Bottas is the best number two in the history of the sport or something, and like
2: Hamilton's teammate, out-
0: best teammate, I think he said. Or best second Wing, driver, maybe. Second driver, man. maybe, yeah. He definitely but, um,
2: got, he definitely got called best wingman on channel four coverage. I do my thing <laughs> where I like to watch both especially in a scenario like this because i like to see like who's said what differently to you know to different bits of media so I try and take it as much as i can and he was definitely referred to as the best wingman ever (laughs) (laughs)
0: um but like hamilton after qualifying seemed to be celebrating bottas being second as much as he was celebrating his old position. like he knows how big a role bottas is going to play in these last couple of races um, so, yeah, that was looking good for them until lap 10, when we had Schumacher into the barrier at what has already become the infamous turn 22. Like, we saw so many identical incidents across F2 and F1 uh, through the weekend. Um, it, it's just like, like the rest of the track, I suppose, but that place in particular is just you make a mistake and you're in the wall. Like there's no saving yeah. it there. It's kind of like the wall of champions, I think. In a way, yeah. Well, I actually yeah. said before the weekend that the final corner felt a bit wall of champions um, before yeah. Verstappen put it in. there's Yeah, there's definitely shades of that around here. Yeah, wall of pretenders currently. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, big old impact for Schumacher. Glad he was okay. Uh, so this brings us to kind of the first of many controversies. So obviously yeah. we had a safety car immediately. Um, seven drivers opted to pit under the safety car, uh, including both Mercedes, but not Verstappen, which obviously gave him the lead. Um, we then had three laps under the safety car before the red flag was called. Um, first thing I want to briefly mention, under the safety car, Bottas backed Verstappen up massively to give a gap to Hamilton for the double stack. I am very surprised he got away with that. That was that looked like he was really pushing. Yes. Yeah. Well, there.
1: I think there's a they get a delta on their screen. So as, as on, on
0: the on the dash. So as long as he's within the delta, then he, he can't get but a penalty, right? Isn't the delta like? Isn't the delta there to stop them going too fast? I don't think there's anything on the delta that says you're going too slowly.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think from a written rule perspective, the delta is do not exceed. There's nothing about do not like go so far under the delta Mm. because generally, generally speaking,
1: isn't it a car length thing? You're supposed to be like within ten car lengths of the car ahead or
2: something. I mean, during a restart, yes,
0: but maybe not under just like general safety car running
2: yeah i think i I don't i I don't think there's any stipulation behind Uh, when you're actually behind the safety car yes but when you're running the circuit to catch the safety car my understanding is it's just safe and cautious driving Mm, i don't don't think there's anything written other than the fact that you must be safe and cautious because the whole track is technical in a double wave jealous isn't it yeah safety car
0: Charlie yeah. in the chat makes a good point as well. that The fact that Max ended up with the lead in a free pit stop probably went some way to buy us getting away with yeah. that as well. Yeah, we'll possibly. get to that. We'll get to
1: that. We'll get to that. We'll get to that.
0: Yeah. Well, we can probably get to that now. Um, obviously, the fact that we had three laps of safety car followed by a red flag massively changed the race for a, a huge number of drivers, actually. Nine. Nine drivers out of um, 20. Yes, yeah, so almost 19 half the still grid. Running. Nineteen still running at that point. Actually, so yes, yeah, so basically it, half the grid. Obviously, most significantly, it gave Verstappen the lead and a free tire change. But yeah, it, it it changed the complexion of the race for basically everyone. Yeah. Um, so do you so, want to hear it? Do you want to hear my side? Yeah, go on. Let's let's have some opinions. Okay, my feeling
1: on it is that if it was a red flag, having seen the Leclerc and incident um, in I think three... In FP2, was it? FP2? Um, Leclerc went off in the same spot. and Earlier in the weekend, Leclerc went off in the same spot. Very high, high sort of G impact into the barriers, and it was in the exact same spot, and they would have known what sort of damage that would do to the barriers at that point. So they would know whether or not that should be a red flag in order to repair those barriers. So in my opinion, I think with that prior knowledge, they ought to have known that it was going to be a red flag all along and just brought the red flags out straight away. If that's what they were going to do.
0: Yeah. It's I I can't disagree with that. Um, obviously in that situation, like the race director's first, um, concern should be safety and like, no, one's going to argue with that. Um, And while I do kind of agree that it was pretty obvious that it was going to need a red flag. I think the counter argument is we don't, you also don't want them to instantly go. That's probably a red flag, call the red flag. And then afterwards be like, Oh, actually that was probably a bit excessive. So I don't, I I think a a bit of leeway is fine. Three laps seems a lot.
2: Yeah. I think, I think there's a middle ground that was missed. Like, I agree with the fact that you don't want them just throwing a red flag at any incident that potentially doesn't need it, because that is ultimately worse than a safety car virtual or or full. However, three laps did seem a little excessive before making that decision. Yeah,
1: yeah, I think so. And I, how, think, however, like, the other how, thing is the prior knowledge. It's the prior knowledge. As but well. the, like, this is knew. this is
2: the thing, right? Here's the thing for me though, which this comes back to is. Red Bull utilised that prior knowledge, in my opinion. Mm-hmm, red yeah. Bull looked at that situation and went, well, hang on, we've had red flags for people going off in that area of the track. Stay out. Ignore what Mercedes are doing and stay out because there's every chance they could throw a red flag for this. And they've they've utilised that knowledge, um, whereas Mercedes have reacted to the safety car. And I think that you can't take that away from whoever at uh, Red Bull's made that decision from a strategic point of view.
1: Yeah, it's a gamble. That's a gamble, isn't it? Because yeah, they, but it's they, they, paid brought, off. They brought mm. Perez in, um, and they left. Yeah. They left for stepping out. So, and they had the luxury of from you know from being the chasing car. They have the luxury of of making that decision because whatever they do, if they stay out, they're just going to come out in second again. But if they yeah, do the opposite, exactly. yeah, then there's a chance they'll stay ahead. And yeah, I mean the the lady look
0: smiled down on them, and it worked out for them on that occasion. Yeah however all of the kind of controversy and all of this just goes away if you just stop people changing their tires under a red flag True. like this situation has come up multiple times in recent years yeah monaco and yeah monaco um monza when gasly won uh, we had it in migello as well i think and obviously there has to be some leeway like if you can go to your friend and say this tire like has a massive cut in it, if we do a start on this, it's going to blow. Or like, you know, this tire is deflating fine. Like maybe let them change it to the same compound of the closest age that you've got available or something like that. Mm. But like, I know that, there's lots of things that happen in F1 that can change the race, like the presence of safety cars. Like how many times has a driver got lucky because a safety car dropped at the right time and yeah. that's one of the race. I mean, and but, vice
2: versa. How many, yeah, how, exactly. many times has, how many times has somebody pitted and then a safety car comes out within a few laps yeah. and hands the person they're racing a huge time advantage? Like it, and it swings both
0: ways. There's always going to be an element of that in F1 and you can't take that away. But the red flag tyre change thing, like, it's such a um, it, it completely changes a race just yeah. by the timing. And it's it would be such a simple rule to change. Just you can't do that unless you can prove for safety reasons you need to change your tyres. Yeah. Then I, you, I, go, you all go back out and restart on the tyres you're on.
2: I think the difference is as well does that rule exist saying that you cannot change them during a the red flag period? It, then Red Bull probably don't. Take the risk of staying out like they did no, because they, they, they assessed been. that situation, in my opinion, and looked at it as mm. we know there's a potential for a red flag with incidents in that corner. Yeah. Let's let's gamble on it, and it paid off. <laughs> However, if, if they can't change tires in the red flag situation, though, then they wouldn't have taken the gamble because it would have yeah. been pointless. exactly That metric wouldn't be there for them yeah. to work with, would it?
0: And yeah. you know, in in the interest of balance, like these things always happen both ways. Uh, Imola. Mercedes basically rebuilt Hamilton's car during a red flag, and he was able to go on and finish second behind Verstappen, and wouldn't have been able to get that second place otherwise. So, you know,
2: I mean, Perez got back into the race at Spa during the delayed starts and stuff. I think he was trying to do that again that bizarre. Yeah, he was, wasn't he? So,
1: Um, so like I've heard the argument of um, you hear this argument a lot actually. The sort of oh, it's racing. What happened? it, It balances itself out. But surely there should be le- if there were less of these factors that required balancing out, then it would be just fairer all around. So I don't, I don't really buy the "it's racing, it balances itself out" argument.
2: I, I think David Coulthard made a very good point. It wasn't about this though, but David Coulthard made a very good point in general, which is, I'm all for gamesmanship, but there are rule books, and as long as you stick to those rule books, it's fine, basically. Mm-hmm. And I mean that's Red Bull playing the rule book, in my opinion. Yeah. That well, rule's not that rule. Of yeah. that, that rule is not there, then they don't take that risk. Take the oh, rule yeah. away solves a problem, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and like I mean, the, the thing that he was specifically referencing at the time was the the gap between Max and Lewis in the lineup for the restart. Mm-hmm. That which I'm guessing we're about to come on to. But like again, that was something he was referencing. He's like, I'm all for gamesmanship, but there are rules stick within them. Yeah. So yeah. I, I think honestly, just as a summary, like sort of, um, what's the word, like synopsis of my opinion in this episode, <laughs> they've both been as bad as each other at points this weekend.
1: Yeah, I, I think I, I like the gamesmanship angle you've got there. I think the, yeah, the vibe of that for me is, I, one of the things that I enjoy about Formula One is the way the rules are sort of bent to breaking point <laughs> yeah by all the teams uh, every every possible opportunity that is one of the magical things that makes formula one such a fascinating sport to follow to see how these guys can figure out ways of interpreting these different aspects of the sport and and gaining an advantage from them you know that's what we tune in for every week who yep. is going to do the best job because it's not just about as much as you love Formula 1, it's about racing cars and going fast. It's, it's never, ever only going to be about that because so many people involved. It's always going to be about finding an advantage where you, where you can, yeah. such as the competition and the, and the tightness of competition within Formula 1. So, yeah, I'd hate for that to be completely taken away. There should be definitely, there's, there's always room for gamesmanship and,
0: and using the rules to your advantage. Right, I'm moving this on because we've got a lot to cover do it okay restart the first um (laughs) restart the first (laughs) so verstappen outside of hamilton is turn one um he had a slight lock up went around the outside but he was never fully alongside hamilton um Went off close went off track, there. rejoined across the turn two kerb, which kind of bounced back onto the track. Hamilton had to take some avoiding action, um, and Ocon gets between them. That was about as much racing as we got because we then had Leclerc and Perez coming together. Um, and then through Russell taking avoiding action, Mazpin went into the back of him. Just to quickly cover those two incidents, uh, the, the Russell and Mazpin one was just wrong place, wrong time. I don't think there was anything... Not much of all you can say about that, yeah. really, was there? Yeah, there, there is. I mean, Russell's Rus- had to more... slow
2: down for the incident, and I think Mazepin's not not assessed the situation as well. It's a
0: difficult situation. To it is. Put there in. was so much going but... on in that piece yeah. of track. Yeah. There's, there's
1: plenty more we can say about this incident, I think, but there's. <laughs> But we have to mention other things. Yeah, because more important things to, to talk to yeah. about. So In a different race we <laughs> but, but, talk about this for half an hour. No, but no, I think I think there is, I am still going to mention the thing that I'm talking about, but um let's just carry on about sort of the Hamilton Verstappen debate and and the other and the Leclerc
0: Perez. Let's do Leclerc Perez, then do Hamilton. Yeah, to quickly do Leclerc Perez. It, it looked to me like Perez drifted over and didn't really consider that Leclerc was going to be between him and the wall, was my reading on it. Mm. It, was, it did look like it, he forgot he was there.
2: It was kind of tight between two cars as well, though. Yeah. It's a, it's I think it's a a restart racing incident of yeah. types. Like they were they were three wide at one point, and he's probably probably has drifted, not realizing how little space he's leaving for Leclerc, but it's come because he's also been squeezed from the other side a little bit. Um it's but, I mean it's it's as, a
0: horrible bit of track for a lap yeah, one as well. Like it quite narrow it sort of pinches on the exit of turn two, which is, yeah.
2: yeah. It was one of the alpha towers, I think on his other side, I think. Yeah. I think, yeah. I think
0: uh, regardless of who's where
1: on track, none of that really matters because I think the whole pack, <clears throat> excuse me, the whole pack cons- concertinaed up as yeah. a result of Max Verstappen's move and his dangerous coming back onto the track. Cause everyone had to slow down to, cause Hamilton had to slow down to let him back Yeah. On, that was like wrong behind. Single so then everyone behind has to slow down they all get bunched mm-hmm. up in in a weird way that they probably wouldn't normally expect to be and suddenly you've got three four cars wide going down that that sort of straight not mm-hmm. straight isn't straight thing um and that's the whole reason why all this happened you know and I, no no one's really like pointed that out from what i've seen on the internet no one's really pointed this out but to me it felt like there was a big old concertina that sort of just left an absolute mess of crap in its wake
0: yeah because i think like all the discussion around that was um did verstappen leave the track and gain an advantage and that's ultimately what there was there was all the shenanigans about the dropping positions we could get on to but i think there was way more reason to investigate that for rejoining the track unsafely because like you say like the way he rejoined the track caused everything that happened behind.
2: Yeah, it should have yeah. been potentially been going further along, past the curbs basically. Yeah.
1: There's absolutely no doubt he came on the track unsafely because Hamilton had to slam the anchors on to mm-hmm. not go in, to not T-bone him. It was literally yeah. about to go into the side of him and then it you know, would have ended Hamilton's race. There were think... a number of occasions this race where Verstappen could be perceived as to be not really caring whether or not he finishes and Hamilton finishes this race,
0: mm-hmm. which mm, and that's, that's, for me, points. that's the
1: first, that's the first one of them. For me, that is the first yeah. occasion
0: where he looked like he didn't really mind whether or not they did finish this race. Mm-hmm. It's it's I'm going to put myself here to keep the lead of this race. It's up to you whether you want we... to end your own. End yeah. End, kind possibly of is. mine. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so all of that caused a second red flag. Then we had the bizarre situation where we were hearing these radio messages from Michael Massey to Red Bull and to Mercedes. Sort oh, you mean that you're talking about the, the grid position auction? Negotiating uh, the
2: grid order, I mean, if I have to hear Michael Massey say, that's my offer one more time. <laughs> that's that what, I'm that's what I'm offering. That's what I'm offering. No he, deal, he Michael
1: Massey. He didn't, he didn't seem to realise that Ocon had gotten
2: between them as well at that point. Yeah during that first exchange. I mean, like the bizarreest bit for me of all of that is how on earth has Ocon ended up on pole? Yeah. Like wh- yeah. At what point does Michael Massey look at that situation and go, all right, lads, So I'm going to put Michael Massey on, uh, Michael Massey. I'm going to put <laughs> I've put myself on pole. <laughs> no, I'm going to put Ocon on pole. And then as long as you're all right with it, I'm going to drop you back behind Lewis Hamilton. And then Red Bull are going, hang on, you're putting Ocon on pole, Hamilton second, and you're saying we can drop behind Hamilton, and then there's no penalty. And he says, yes. Red Bull then start rubbing their hands together because they're on the clean side of the grid mm-hmm. with an Alpine to block Hamilton into turn one. And look what yeah. happened as a cut. Like, so... Red Bull were rubbing their hands together when he came up with that situation. Like, the... oh, mate, it's a joke. Honestly, that that's my frustration of the
0: entire weekend. So I think the logic to it, which I can understand, is: had it not been red flagged, they would have told Verstappen to give the position back to Hamilton, and in the process, he would have also had to let Ocon through because Ocon yeah. was between that point. That's the logic behind it. But to go through that negotiation phase, like you say, like you've also got the complication of the dirty and clean side of the grid it was very strange like it was bizarre like for me like why even go through that
1: negotiation during the red flag period why not just leave that all to one side get them all on the grid and then after they've started racing again then tell him right now you have now we're racing again it's time to give the position back that you that you.
0: I mean, quite but then should. what? But then what if Hamilton has a bad start and drops down to like seventh? Does then and then have to give up eight places? Yes, yeah,
1: because that's 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 the rules. Then do you know that if the, you if you take off track, you have to give the position back. It's as simple he, as that. Here's
2: the easier thing, which is the way red flags are supposed to work. Is Count back last lap. We never finished a lap. Just put the grid yeah. back exactly, <laughs> exactly the same as it yeah. was. And it solves the damn problem that out, you you don't want to know what yeah. I was saying to my TV during this situation when they put putting off on pole. Put the grid back as it was. We barely did three corners before you wanted so, to red flag it. Put it back. Yeah, it's, you are. You've got a very good
1: point there. Completely like, it does right. seem like they made an absolute an absolute meal of something that didn't necessarily need to be made a meal of they could have just looked at the rule book and gone oh actually we've not done a lap so, we'll, we'll yeah, so... That.
2: it's literally <laughs> a rule saying we do a count back to the final lap and for me I in that situation that. for me in that situation Massey just says look it's all redundant we didn't that even finish we didn't even finish a sector the grid will restart as it was because I, and I and red flagged it by turn four would have argued with that no, I don't think, think anyone, anyone would, would have argued with that. Yeah. Um, well maybe Red Bull. Red Bull might have had something anything. to say. And then all, all he needs to say is, look, you're lucky I'm not investigating you for uh unsafe yeah. return to the track, put up or shut up.
0: <laughs> I so <laughs> I do want to say at this point, race control had maybe the hardest job race control have ever had this race. Like there was so much going on. It's a very difficult track. Every time a car comes to a stop, you've got to deal with recovery. And I mean, how many virtual safety cars did we have like five or six in the end? Like they cool. had an incredibly difficult job. And it, at that point in time, Michael Massey's first port call was, um, is everyone involved? Okay. How do we recover these cars? Does anything need repairing? Then he starts worrying about um the grid order. However, every time you see a shot of Michael Massey, he's sat in a room with a team of people around him. What yeah. are they doing? <laughs> because yeah. if Michael maybe they, Massey maybe they were shot feels like, this weekend, <laughs> yeah, it feels <laughs> like Michael Massey's having to deal with all this single-handedly, which is ridiculous. Um, it was just yeah. a farce, though, wasn't it? It was an absolute farce. It it was silly. They definitely made made a Bit of, they
1: made themselves look very silly. Yeah. they, they, they didn't. Yeah. They, they did a lot of things. It's almost like they don't know where and when to inter. When when and when not to interfere. Mm. You know, like because yeah. that that seems it does. See, now you've brought up the just reset the grid because we've not done a lap argument, which which so actually just got completely lost in in the ether because yeah. everyone was just pulling. Everyone was panically headless chickens running around, not knowing what to do actually that would would have been the common sense thing to do and yeah it just feels like they're sort of stepping in maybe when they don't need to for the sake but I dare i say it for the sake of the show and mm-hmm. um, it, yeah it's meddling meddling is what it is
2: i feel like this and is the most intelligent thing i've ever said in formula one <laughs> <laughs> Like I'm, every, I'm, is this the first time everybody that I've said this yeah, to has agreed with me? You have your I'm, moments, I'm, Tom. You have your moments, <laughs> mate. Occasionally.
0: <laughs> uh, right. So that gave us, obviously, a second red flag and a second restart. Um, significantly, Red Bull opted to swap Verstappen to medium tyres at that point. Mercedes stayed on hards. Uh, and Ocon got pole position for reasons unbeknownst to anyone, least of all Esteban Ocon, I imagine. Yeah. Um, and most,
1: bear in mind, most of the rest of the grid don't understand why or how or which position they're starting the race from at this point either.
0: Because I almost this. I almost wish, because like, we obviously heard Michael Massey talking to Red Bull and Mercedes doing negotiations. I really wish we had heard him talking to Alpine and be like, is it okay with you guys if we do this grid order and put Ocon on pole and Alpine be like, yeah, obviously. Yeah? <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand why you're asking us this, but yes, do it. Um, Okay, so, restart two. Um,
2: Electric boogaloo.
0: We will briefly mention (laughs) Hamilton massively backing everyone up on the way to the grid. So the reason I've seen for why he didn't get investigated for this is that the rule about um, the distance you can leave on the way to the grid is the rule for formation laps and the lap to the grid on a red flag restart is not officially a formation lap. So technically, <laughs> that rule does not apply. I mean... Gamesmanship? Gamesmanship.
2: Yeah. It, yeah. That's fair then. Know the I rules.
1: Mean, First rule of Formula One,
0: know the bloody rules, right? Yeah. Yep. Uh, right, so the actual restart. Hamilton got alongside Ocon pretty much straight away. Hamilton left about the width of a car on his left-hand side. And Verstappen put himself through that car width oh, gap. Yeah. Um, Nothing wrong with that. Brilliant. It was. It was an absolutely, un- brilliant, unbelievable. absolutely brilliant, unbelievable, absolutely unbelievable. Like, and he kept it all within the white lines as well. Yeah, yeah. kept them within the lines. No lockups. Um, Hamilton. Hamilton did make contact with Ocon, move in slightly, slightly to the right, to the but area. I don't think that was necessary. Avoiding action. I think that was more. Hamilton suddenly saw a Red Bull alongside him and instinctively moved to the side. Like, I, d- I feel if Hamilton hadn't made that move to the right, I don't think there'd have been contact between Verstappen and Hamilton, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. didn't necessarily need to do it, but it was just an instinctive reaction. Uh, yeah, exactly. As a, as, a, as, a, as a precaution, yeah, yeah. It was... That start was unbelievable. Uh, yeah. um, like, Red Bull must have thought all the crisps had come at once again. Like, <laughs> the emotions they'd been through in the space <laughs> of, like, a handful of laps... Um, Ocon has sort of had to cut turn two as a result, but I don't think we can blame him for that given the contacts. Um, which kind of and it's brief... not,
1: you, Ocon knows it's not his race as well. Exactly, point. he knows yeah. they're both going to do him, he knows the best he can hope for is third, so he from that position. So, yeah, I don't think I mean, he's got too much of a problem of getting getting passed by two of the two fastest cars on the grid by a league
2: this race. yeah. Yeah. And, and just in relation to a previous point exhibit a is how to re-enter the track correctly if yeah. you are pushed wide through an incident in that scenario mm-hmm. and what Ockham did is in my opinion how Verstappen should have rejoined yeah. the track it kept and it, he it, right. it should have i do agree that it should definitely have been looked at more as a the way you return to the track rather yeah, than absolutely. gaining the advantage i think and that's an um, example of how to do it
0: And ironically, Ocon did actually rejoin in the lead, but albeit for about 100 metres before Verstappen got past him again. Yeah, yeah, so then Hamilton obviously got past Ocon a lap later fairly easily. Uh, I think Ocon after the race said, I was expecting those two to be aggressive with each other to restart. I didn't expect them to be aggressive with me as well. (laughs) Uh, And then we actually had some calm racing all the (laughs) way up to lap 37 and nothing you say calm like intense
1: sort of the race that was what kind of like what it turned into a really really bloody good race at that point it it very much did the two title protagonists taking chunks out of each other's times out in front hamilton clearly the quicker car but just suffering a bit in the dirty air behind verstappen and yeah it was sort of ding ding round one wasn't it yup so lap thirty-seven is the case
0: might be <laughs> controversy number seventeen or whatever you're up to. Uh, Hamilton got a run of Verstappen to turn one. Uh, tried to go around the outside. Verstappen, as we've seen before this season, went deep into the corner. He, he was actually slightly out of control because he locks up under braking. Uh, completely missed the corner. Hamilton had to take avoiding action. Verstappen holds the lead. Um, and I mean. That was that was just uh, the The way Verstappen has been racing this year, in a nutshell, like he saw Hamilton was alongside him, slightly ahead. He made absolutely no effort to make the corner in order to defend.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I don't know if it was penalty worthy though. I, I'm I I do lean more of this being a recent incident, and if I'm honest, like. I think, I mean, this, so, this this contact essentially, and I think without the contact, Verstappen does potentially make the corner, but you never know because there's contact.
0: I don't think Verstappen was ever making that corner. He wasn't. He, yeah, there's no way on earth he was making
1: that corner. He would break later than he'd break broke broke any lap before it. He he. It's the he's done it. so he's made this argument a few times now as well. Another argument that doesn't stand up which is the, I'm on the inside and I didn't make the corner. So the person on the outside of me didn't make, we, neither of us made the corner because we both went outside the white lines, but it's like, well, yeah, if you're on the inside, the person on the outside is going to not make the corner because you, if, if they do make the corner, you're driving into them. Mm-hmm. So of course they're not going to make the, even if they, and Hamilton actually did break quite easily. He, he did make the corner. He had two wheels inside the white line when, um, When he even after taking a void action, he had two wheels inside the white line on the on the outside of turn one. So to my eye, he did anyway. So that that was one argument Verstappen made to sort of back himself into that into that move. Um, Look, I I don't like seeing this. I don't like it. A friend of mine said to me over the weekend that Verstappen has been forcing the stewards into making decisions, and it's dull. And I could not agree with that more. Like the way he's driving is forcing the stewards to have to at least have a look at things and make decisions on it. And, and if he just raced, I want to say fairly, then there wouldn't be any investigations.
0: You're, you're not the first just... person I've seen make that point. It's like the approach seems to be do everything possible to hold the position and then drop it in the stewards' hands to decide if it was fair or not. Yeah, And that, it's a particularly sour approach when after the race, Red Bull, louder than anybody are the ones saying, oh, just let them race. Why does everything always have to be going to the stewards? And it's kind of like, well, because you're forcing it to. You're creating those situations. And the problem, of course, is the precedent set in Brazil was that defending like that is fine. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean that—that of course you can make the stewarding's not consistent and unfair argument.
2: Yeah, I mean that definitely doesn't help the matter because that just plays into Max and Red Bull's hands, regardless of mm-hmm. your decision and opinion on it. Like the decision that they made in Brazil essentially opened the door for him to do what he did. Just continue doing that. They um, played
1: the. They've played the. They've played race control, Michael Massey. All the guys—they've played it beautifully. There's no denying that. Like they've set that they've set the political tone or the sort of the, the rule books, the rule the rule application tone, if you like. They've set that exactly how they want it, and now they're almost playing to their own rules. It feels like to me.
0: And we said it at the time by not penalising that in Brazil, you are setting a precedent for how to race, and we've watched it play out at this race. Yeah. And um, yeah, I. I I find it frustrating because I, I, I just don't think that's the way you should be defending positions. Like, by all means, make it as difficult as possible for the person overtaking. Like, we all want to see that, but, and again, he wouldn't have defended like that if there was gravel on the outside. He'd have that's hit so the brakes yeah. early enough to make sure he still made the corner. Yeah. That I think that's the the thing that stinks the most about it is the fact
1: that he's gone off track to clearly to drive the other car off track to give the car the op- mm-hmm. the other car the option of either not moving out of the way because he's lost control of his vehicle and there'd be an accident or move out of the way and be pushed both of you be pushed off track and hopefully he somehow keeps hold of the position or he can get onto the phone to the stewards to say oh he passed me off track but then what do the stewards say to that? They say, well, you were off track as well. You drove him off track. He keeps the position. Like, how do you even yeah. apply? Is there yeah. even
0: a rule there for that, you know? Mm. And if there is a rule, it's not being applied consistently.
1: Yeah. Well, that's uh,
0: yeah, well, that's a whole other thing. But I will say,
1: actually, though, into uh, the second restart where Ocon got stuck between them? Or was that first restart? Oh, I'm so confused. Second. First restart.
0: Second oh, restart. Oh, sorry. Second is when Ocon ended up between them. Yeah.
2: yeah he ended up between them to well, start Paul and Both, and actually. Yeah. I suppose technically both, yeah. yeah.
1: So, the, the, sorry, the first maybe it was the first restart. There was, there was an occasion where Hamilton took turn... It was the first restart. Hamilton took the corner wide enough that Verstappen was never gonna get he was always gonna run out of track. And there was no, I don't think there was any harm necessarily at the point of breaking, there was no harm in Verstappen breaking a little bit later to see if there was going to be room to get down the out round the outside of turn one into the inside of turn two. But, but like we've already said, it was the way he came back onto the track that caused the issue, yeah. really. Instead yeah. of like turning right and, and following the line of the track in a sort of more natural way to rejoin smoothly is
2: just sort of chopped across the front. of the Well, I think this incident that we're talking about at the minute, the lap 37 one, I think that, honestly, I think that is Max trying to do to Lewis what Lewis had done to him on one of the, it was the first start, wasn't it? Yeah, that's what I mean. That's and what I just he's, said. He's, he's trying to do the same thing and he's just not executed it as well. No. And, He's gone too deep.
1: I don't know if he's even doing that. I think, I think it's a desperation all on offing. I'm going to do... He's, he even said in the press conference afterwards, this was it, what I did was okay in Brazil, but doing it here is not okay suddenly. So he was doing the exact same thing he was doing in Brazil, just he forcing was, the driver wide.
0: He was definitely locked up on the way in, though. He hit the brakes. He, he, yeah, he went he, in you know, too these deep guys, and too hard on the brakes. These guys know how hard to push the brakes if they want to lock a wheel up.
1: I know how hard to push the brakes on my 86 outside if I want to lock the brakes probably.
0: yeah mm. anyway let's let's own keep us moving so yeah, okay. still on lap thirty seven later on <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh God this lap
0: I know <laughs> so Verstappen was told by the team to give the position back to Hamilton, but to quote do it strategically which is fair, which is yeah, gamesmanship that is and, and that's fair again, like it or not, which I don't. There's nothing in the rules to say you can't do it. Yeah. Um, Verstappen slowed down on the way to the final corner, way before the breaking zone. Um Hamilton sort of slowed up behind him, eventually running into the back of him. Um, there's 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 a couple of factors to this, I think. The first is a communication issue. It so I know um Sarah in the Discord has been through um the onboards and listened to the radio. And she said at the point um the point the incident happened, Hamilton hadn't been told that um the was gonna let him through. And yeah, the problem they told, for me... they told Red Bull
1: first that yeah, they yeah. had to give them without well, telling Mercedes that they were gonna be given the position back. That's just ridiculous that they told the wrong team first.
2: In order to my simple solutions for race control to adhere to that is the that is the prime one right there. Why on earth are telling Red Bull to do it yeah. before they've told Mercedes it's going to happen gonna yeah. is beyond me. Like I said this to Emily while we were watching it. I turned to her and I said, why on earth have they gone to Red Bull first? How on earth are Mercedes meant to like compute that, communicate it, and then have Lewis ready for that situation yeah. before Red Bull? I'm, I mean, maybe in his head he's thinking... Well, Red Bull are probably going to take the time about it and string it out until no. they do it. But you can't you can't assume that. You can't take no. that risk.
1: Yeah. I don't think there's any excuse for it. I think there's no. a quite clear agenda. I think there's a favouritist agenda there going on. I'm not you know what? I'm just gonna say it. I am saying that <laughs> right right here, right now. I can't think of any other reason why you'd break protocol and tell the the leading
0: team first. It's poor decision making. It's, it's, it, well, it's poor, poor decision making like, under a pressure situation. I think that's it's what either, it boils down to.
1: Well, it's either that, it's either poor decision under a high pressure si- situation, which in that case, if you can't handle this, you can't stand the heat, get out of the kitchen, or it's incompetence or it's favoritism. It's one
0: of those three things, mm-hmm. and none of them look good. But then, of like, yeah, the, the favoritism argument, though, like, obviously, you can go on the internet and you can find Red Bull fans saying, this race was all about them giving Hamilton the win. You can find Mercedes fans saying that Hamilton won this despite what the FIA were trying to yeah. achieve. So mm-hmm. it's always the way. Yeah, yeah. Again, again. Well, yeah. and- I mean, that, uh, don't get me right. That's not what I'm saying. That is not <laughs> my vibe at all. No,
2: no but um, as, again, something else I said whilst watching it is the fact that, you know, I, I can o- I could already hear the tweets. Yeah. You know, I could, I could hear them in the back of my mind. Of, sweet, swoop, but sweet, like, the, like Verstappen's been grant given this, and he should have had this penalty. He should have had that, and then from the other camp going, oh well, why is Hamilton not had a penalty for this, not had a penalty for that? But Verstappen gets 15 seconds for this. All to be like, oh, mm. it's it does my head in. I think people does are watching. I
1: think we all we're all watching different races sometimes. Too. Oh yeah,
2: yeah, well, but everyone everyone's entitled to their opinions and stuff like that, and obviously, I mean. We make we're sat a here week, giving yeah, massive opinions. We, we, we so. <laughs> ma- weekly make a flipping podcast about giving opinions. However, like there's certain things that you like I mean, our opinion is never of the ilk of, oh, they wouldn't have done that if it was Mick Schumacher. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like yeah. we, we don't like take aside and go, Oh, if it was this driver. I mean, Emily made a really good point actually when we were watching this. Something to do with um Oh, what was it now? I genuinely can't remember what it was, but there was an incident further back down the grid. Might have been the one between Kimi and Vettel. Mm-hmm. And she were like, yeah. "She went, You know, the only reason they've not looked at that. And I went, Go on. And she went, <laughs> Because it's not Max and Lewis. Mm-hmm. She went, If that, she went, she turned to me and she went, If that was Max and Lewis, they'd have been straight on that and they'd have been investigating it and they'd have mm-hmm. potentially given a penalty. Yeah. And I, I turned to her and I went, You know what? You're actually probably right. They probably would have.
1: Right. 100% like, right. They basically but... ignored
0: that incident because. They've got bigger fish to fry. Same with um, Sonoda <laughs> at the start. Sonoda, I can't remember yeah. what it was, but Sonoda like squeezed someone against the wall and they like touched wheels running into turn one. Nothing, oh, yeah. not even looked at. And that would like, I don't know how we got away with that. Right? That's race starts though. Race starts are yeah, it kind of is thing, the golden exception. Is, you know, you look at
1: Norris Science at Bra- in Brazil, same thing happened, and yeah, that's that kind of sorted itself out anyway. So yeah, it was just I think that is just race starts. Stuff happens
0: yeah. off the line, you know, it's, it's one of those things. Right. To bring us back to the, <laughs> the contact. So the second factor in this, so lots of people rightfully after the race said to Lewis Hamilton, when he saw him slowing down, why didn't you just drive past yeah. him? And Fair. his answers were always like, Oh, it was, there was a lot of confusion going on. I wasn't sure what he was doing was for sure the situation. And then he hit the brakes really hard. And that's why I ran into him, which I'm sorry, Lewis, but I don't buy that for a second. You hmm? knew full well that he was trying to steal the DRS and you were doing exactly the same as him. Which is hmm. not to not to say it's Lewis's fault they had the contact, but I don't believe for a second Lewis didn't know exactly what Max was up to there and was well, playing exactly the same DRS game. I think it took him a moment to figure it out. I don't yeah. think he would have known
1: straight away. I yeah. think it took him a moment to realize and figure it out. And then once he realized it, he'd already given He'd almost given Verstappen enough rope to hang himself with because he was close enough up behind him that at that point, Verstappen sort of, you can see on his onboard, he's moving his wheel left and right. He's twitching mm-hmm. his wheel left and right. And if you're... It, it was kind of almost... It was a combination of a few things. It was Hamilton initially not quite knowing what was going on and then realizing and thinking well I don't want to go by here and then the the the, the next thing is Hamilton is closing at a rate of knots and the whole time he's closing is narrowing his options for getting by and then the third thing is Verstappen is actually narrowing those options further because he's twitching left and right and you can Mm -hmm. see him twitching left and right and if you're a Formula One driver a twitch, what what looks like a tiny little twitch to us, their reaction times are so fast that they're sort of, you know, you're driving a Formula One car. Like if he goes one way, you're thinking, oh, I can't go that way. Oh, no, he's going the other way. Oh, which way do I go? And then he hits the brakes the way he does. And it's like you put a lot of force into those brakes at the point he did. put 2.4 G, I think it was, in deceleration force. So that's like something like that. That'd launch you through your windscreen of your car, that kind of launch. If you're not wearing a seatbelt, wear a seatbelt, kids. Um, they so of course Hamilton at that point is so close. He's, he, he, there's no doubt in my mind that that's a brake test. That's definitely a brake test because he's, he's he's close enough behind.
0: What do I do now? I'll just brake test him. See if what it, he does. If it's not a brake test, it's a really poorly judged attempt to force him by to force him to overtake. Him. Yeah, yeah. And honestly, I think it's the
2: latter. Because I don't think he stand. I suppose he does stand against something from the former, but I think. Well, if, if if
1: Hamilton goes into the back of him and ruins Hamilton's race and ruins Verstappen's race and they both don't finish, then they go to uh, what well, they go to Abu Dhabi uh, and
2: Verstappen's still got a eight point. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Like th- there is obviously something to yeah. gain from it, but I I think the the mentality is definitely. The, the latter just on the basis that we know that Max will make decisions essentially to like benefit himself and put the consequences in somebody else's mm-hmm. sort of responsibility, realm of responsibility. Oh. Like, like you, you, you know what we're saying about the whole the whole situation where you compare Brazil to this and basically he's not got a way out of it, but he's got an argument to make of, well, you didn't say anything to me in Brazil, so I just did it again. Like he's put, yeah. he's putting the respo- he hes finding an excuse to basically put the responsibility in somebody else's hands, and I think that's what he was trying to do. There is like basically force somebody else mm-hmm. into yeah. So he forces he, him to crash into. He forces the incident. He forces no, no, him Not to necess- crash. I don't think he. I don't think he was forcing him to crash into. I don't think that was his intention. I think his intention was if you're not going to come back past me by choice, I'll kind of force you to do it by slowing right down.
0: Yeah, he, he just, yeah, he just sure, didn't like, want him passed him by At that, that point. Yeah, DRS because he point. wanted to do the DRS. He wanted to get yeah. him back on the DRS on the straight, didn't he? But Well, he, he literally did that the very next lap.
2: Yeah, I was going to say the, yeah. way he, the way he executed it the second time around was like... But even that's, that's it,
1: kind of like, that's a bit of a no-no, isn't it? Like, can you remember when Hamilton in um, Belgium one year... Yeah, he lost a race win for doing that. He lost a race win. He let Raikkonen, was it, overtaken? Yeah. And then took him back down the same straight. Or was, it, or, or was it after that corner or something? It might have been the same straight, actually. He let him yeah, by and then he took him on the
0: same straight. And um, yeah, he lost, lost the way, race bit because of it. But again, it goes back to what we've said a couple of times of like there's nothing in the rules technically that says yeah. you can't do that. And maybe That's there a... needs to be something in the rules where it's like if you are instructed to give a position, you have to like give that position by X car lengths or like four like, No, thought corners was something rule. like that.
1: I thought there was, a, I thought it was, you have to give it back and you can't take it back for at least one corner. I thought that was the rule. That's mm. what they threw at. That would, was, that, that was, they threw at Hamilton back in the day.
2: I would have expected that to have already surfaced by now, if it was a rule.
0: I, I would know, also say that if that you apply board. that at this track, there's a technically <laughs> a corner every three foot. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Oh my goodness. Don't get um, me started on that. The many so, corners of Jeddah yeah. that aren't corners. So after the race, Verstappen was given a 10-second penalty for that incident, um, which made absolutely no difference to the race result, as these things often do. Uh, the stewards decided he was predominantly at fault. Um, the The wording said um, that he breaks suddenly, a uh, pressure of 69 bar, which I think I'm right in saying is a little over half the maximum braking force. I feel like they get to like to 120, 130 bar, so it's like half or more braking force um resulting in 2.4 g deceleration as you said uh while accepting that the driver of car 44 could have overtaken car 33 when the car first slowed we understand why he did not wish to be the first to cross drs so the students themselves acknowledge that however the sudden braking by the driver of car 33 was determined by the students to be erratic and hence the predominant cause of the collision and hence the standard penalty of 10 seconds for this type of incident is imposed Mm. I don't think I disagree with any of that, to be honest with you. I think if it is a break test, then
1: it's a, it should be a much more stringent penalty. But if it is what they say it is, then fair enough. That's the, I, you know that's a very well-worded way of, of applying that yeah, penalty I th- to it.
2: <laughs> I think they're having to ultimately take some responsibility on themselves for the way that they orchestrated the situation. Because... Mm you'd be you'd be much less likely to end up in that situation had thing had the information been dished out in a correctly vanity. yeah yeah
0: yeah yeah absolutely
2: so I, I think there is an element of them partially taking responsibility for that and and judging it as you know the way they have i mean they've interviewed both drivers they've got the information at hand from telemetry and then they 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 know full well you know the order of how things played out on radio because they were part of it, so I think when you take it into the grand scheme of things, it probably is the right, hmm. right way, right outcome for it. And I mean, ultimately, mm. did it affect him? I, I mean, I again, something I said at the time: you look at that timing screen. What Ocon was about twenty six seconds behind them at yeah. this point, so it doesn't matter if, if you could throw two 10-second penalties at him for it or something. But it's yes. not going to so, do anything, is it? Like, you have to increase it to a stop-go to act, for it to actually mean something. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Well, here's here's what the uh, summons was. Here's the word, Here's the regulation, the sporting... The, I think it's the part of the sporting code, Appendix L, Section D of the... Uh, Chapter 2, Section D of the Sporting Code. It's causing a collision, repetition of serious mistakes or the appearance of a lack of control over the car, such as leaving the track, Will be reported to the stewards and may entail the imposition of penalties up to and including the disqualification of any driver concerned. That was what they called him on. Okay. So that you know, you've got you've got a couple in there. Causing a collision, yes, tick. Repetition of serious mistakes or the appearance of a lack of control over the car, tick. Um, but you, you've got two
0: there, such as leaving the track, tick. If anything, I'd argue that he was in full control and knew exactly what he was doing in that particular situation. In that particular particular situation, he was. But the...
1: Previous one, not so much. Repetition of serious mistakes or the appearance of a lack of control over the car, you know? If he's saying, I've made a mistake and I've outbreaked myself into turn one again, (laughs) that's repetition Hmm. of... Oh, no. Yeah. You know, so Hmm. I, I think obviously there's there's no there's nothing in there to say what i i don't know what this there's a few different infractions in there that you can that you can apply a different a range of penalties to and yeah they've sort of to me i feel like they've been quite lenient i think they could have they could have We'd absolutely that... thrown the bucket in there and got him on a lot worse stuff than what they did. Yeah.
2: I mean, ultimately, what he's come out with, it was five, five seconds for the turn one incident and then 10 seconds for this incident and yeah, then yeah. two points on his penalty licence as well for this mm-hmm, incident. Yeah. That's the grand yeah, sum. That's the total. Yeah, And um, and then in terms of a race, he's finished second in a race he was going to finish second in anyway. Yeah. So, he's. Re- I mean, really, he's come out with two penalty points. By, for, it, um, I think the,
1: the clock showed that they... I think there would have been like a second between him... Bottas and Ocon, by the time all the penalties have applied. I think it was 16 seconds ahead of those Mm. two,
0: and he's got 15 seconds of penalties applied. For reference as well, his two penalty points take him up to seven total, uh, none of which expire until September. So he's going to have to Mm. be careful between now and then to avoid the 12. Just shows you what a bumpy... um month or so well f- what a couple of months it's been for this mm, that's the thing yeah. he was on he was on no penalty points for the vast majority yeah. of the season and then all those seven have come since September.
2: Yeah yeah
0: right so I've already mentioned the following lap we had exactly the same situation again Hamilton passed Verstappen got the DRS repassed him mm-hmm. um, in fact he didn't even need the DRS to repass him did he he let Hamilton yeah. pass and so immediately got back on the pair and passed him into the final corner then drs away. Yeah, yeah. Um, pretty much as that was happening, we got the notification that he'd been given the five-second penalty. Then the next lap, he did the same thing again and let him by. And I don't understand what he was doing there. Because at that point, he, surely the team would have told him, you've been given a five-second penalty for that. You don't need to let him through anymore. So I don't, well, I, I think that's
1: uh, isn't that the rule? Uh, isn't that to do with the rule of letting a corner go by before you let give the p- position before I you mean, yeah, position? It, I it, thought it, it was to do with that.
2: maybe maybe it was. Maybe you've been told to give the position back anyway because of the way you gave the position and dove in the first place. But, but isn't but he was never told to give the position back, was he? So, the team told him to. The, the
0: FIA didn't, but the team told him exactly. to. Exactly. So it's kind of redundant, isn't it? But surely the but the giving back of the position is to avoid getting a penalty. And then he didn't give the position back, got a penalty, and then gave him the position anyway. It was bizarre. Yeah, very that bizarre. Was, yeah, that is bizarre. It, um, it's a
2: whole miscommunication of a catastrophic level, I think, on all Yeah, parts. basically.
0: Um, so yeah, he tries the same kind of tries the same thing again. And this time Hamilton basically just pushed him wide and off the track at the final corners to get by him. Yeah. Um, Mercedes actually were warned that he was very close to getting a black and white flag for driving standards for that, which I think is fair enough. Like you didn't really see that well from the angle on TV, but I've sort of seen another angle and Hamilton did just go up the inside into the final corner and just fully driver and off track in a sort of i've had enough of this get out of my way kind of thing <laughs> um which yeah it, it was i i can understand why he felt the need to do that but it was a little bit sketchy i thought
1: yeah i think like at that point you've got enough red mist going between both drivers and you yeah. know the tension was so high even in the voices of the engineers on the teams and yeah the, you know management and whatnot yeah like, like
0: I've never heard Ron Meadow losing his mind like that before. Like oh, yeah. He's normally one of the calmer voices you hear. He was yeah. shouting. He was basically yeah. shouting at Michael Sassy, wasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> um, you you saying the red mist though does remind me of something we were talking about earlier. There was a point in this race, through some of that nonsense going on, where we were hearing. Hamilton and Verstappen on the radio, and they were both just livid, effing and jeffing, accusing each other of everything under the sun. After yeah. that, the way the two drivers behaved after that moment when they were both, like, obviously very angry, kind of for me has been one of the biggest differences between those two drivers this season because Verstappen carried on being angry and put that into his driving. Yeah. Whereas mm-hmm. Hamilton did what we've seen him do lots of times, which is, okay, that sucks. I've been angry. I'm now going to compartmentalize it. Yeah, be quiet and just drive very quickly. There and... was a time
1: when he, when Hamilton couldn't do that. There was yeah. a time in his yeah. career when 100%. he would lose it. He'd lose yeah. his head and he'd he'd lose out because of it. And he's definitely managed that over many many
0: years, and that's experience that gives you. That. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And as much as in terms of you know out and out pace and driving skill and whatever they are very close mm. that is one of the areas where you can see the it's the experience isn't it? At the end of the day you can see yeah. the experience that hamilton has putting him on a level in that respect above verstappen i think mm. but i think like you know if you look back over sort of hamilton's career
1: there's definitely like symmetries between hamilton's career and verstappen's career mm, definitely. up to this point like yeah. you can see some of hamilton like young hamilton in verstappen i think a lot of the time
2: it's funny you say that because I was literally about to say something very similar of, <laughs> you know, there there is some similarities between the two in terms of like, Hamilton was once quite hot headed and let incidents get in his head and affect his driving and learn to deal with it and I mean, we sort of, before this season or at the start of the season, we kind of thought Max had turned that corner but I think the the addition of title fight pressure has maybe brought that yeah. back a little bit yeah. um and we've mm. said that we've said that
1: through the yeah. year we said if he's in a title fight will that stick around and yeah. i think mm. the question's been answered like that that's that's out of the window that maturity that yeah. like all that maturity that he's built up over
0: period this last few races has just disappeared yeah me. it's Sadly. like it's sort of been eking this way over a few races but this weekend in particular it's kind of just felt a bit like desperation. It's kind of felt like Verstappen and or Red Bull can see this title slipping through their fingers and they're just throwing everything at the wall and seeing what sticks. And, definitely. Absolutely, definitely. Yeah. And I think, again, like I don't want to like tar all of Red Bull with this brush, but I definitely think the way the management at Red Bull conduct themselves has kind of kept pushing Max in that direction. Whereas I think, you know, if like, I don't think the likes of a Toto Wolf, a Fred Vasseur, um, you know, even like Frank Williams or Ross Braun, like none of those kind of team principles would stand for a lot of what Verstappen has done this season or the way he's gone about racing. Yeah, Whereas yeah. I think, Christian Horner and Helmut Marko are very much on the like. You can do. I, I don't you know. Want. It's just a very, it's a, it's a different way of approaching racing and driver management, isn't it? And I don't they enable think it helps. It. Yeah, that's is, is, the word it, I'm looking the, for. Yeah,
1: Sort of the carrot stick approach, isn't it? It feels yeah. like, maybe it feels like Verstappen gets a lot more of the carrot than he does the stick.
0: And yeah, definitely. Um, and, you know, this, this has felt like a very Max bashing episode. And all season I've tried to stay as neutral as possible. Cause like I, I enjoy F1 a lot when I'm watching it from a neutral point of view. And I've tried to do that as much as I can this season, but honestly watching that race and the way it played out for me, the right person won that race. And my gut instinct based on the way it has gone is that um, the, the, the run Hamilton says is going to carry on for the next race. And I think, yeah, I think yep. the title is going to go that way. And I've, I've, as much as I try to try to stay neutral after watching kind of this display, I don't really want it to, yeah. that to be rewarded, you know? Yeah. And, I'm kind of like, like I
1: said, you know, I said something a bit controversial in the live show, in the live uh, session chat on the thing. I said, when I heard the booing, I said, I, I wasn't surprised. Well, was the effect of, I wasn't surprised that they're, they're booing or, or the well in the rights to be booing after that display or something like that. And I just want to like explain a bit more fully what I meant by that. Cause I was really busy at work at the time when I said it, um, the, the booing, I, I do think they were in within their rights to be booing because I think you, you show up to a race and you, you expect to see racing. You expect to see mm. wheel-to-wheel, hard, proper racing. What you don't expect to see is people brake testing people or people running each other off the road, be that Hamilton or, or Verstappen, because um, Hamilton got his fair share of boos as well. And I don't necessarily think they were particularly booing the drivers. I think the event itself was was a really, really strange display of Formula 1. Mm. Like As, as definitely... great as the race could have been, because that's a really, really interesting track it just turned into this really weird kind of disjointed sort of free races in one almost kind of thing. And it just wasn't, it wasn't entertaining for the right reasons. If anything, it was, it was anxiety inducing more than anything for me. Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I was glad when that race was over, honestly. Yeah. So, and, and from that perspective, I think I, I'm not saying, I definitely wouldn't have booed because I'm not a buoy sort of person, but I can understand why you would boo if you showed up to see a Formula One race and you saw
0: that, you know? Mm, it definitely was an F1 at its best, was it? Far no. from it. Far, far from it. <sighs> right, last thing to wrap up. <laughs> We've literally talked about two drivers. This we probably like an hour in. But then, you know, this
1: is what, this is, this is. This, this is, is it, isn't it? This, this is, is the story. It. This
0: is the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. Let's just keep going. So to wrap it all up. Hamilton managed to set the fastest lap despite front wing damage that Mercedes said was costing four tenths a lap, which was impressive in itself. Um, all of which, almost like it was planned from the start, means we go into the final race with the two of them exactly equal on points. So, yeah. ultimately... Except, no, because Verstappen's still got an advantage, hasn't he? Yeah, he has the number of wins advantage. Yeah, but nine, essentially, nine to eight. There. it means whoever finishes ahead yeah, well, no, and the only way it would not make, mean that is if they came ninth and tenth with fastest lap. I think that's the only permutation. Oh my um, goodness! Imagine. But essentially, it means winner takes all, which is obviously very exciting. Yeah, um, not winner takes all, but
1: whoever finishes ahead yeah. takes all. But the, yeah. you know, there's another. There's a, We shouldn't. I've been trying to avoid talking about this for the entire sort of last few races, but we've been leading up to this. Mm-hmm. and there is a situation where verstappen does have the option of just ending both of their races like like Prost-Sena, hold,
0: hold like... that thought for the inbox okay well it's also one of my storylines as well so <laughs> um right i'm going to very quickly mention a few of the drivers before we move on um on ocon um was brilliant uh he sort of he gained by not pinned the safety car um he was up to fourth at the first restart held third for almost the rest of the race um but he had no um ers deployment out of the final corner on the last lap which is how bottas was able to get past him to uh, steal the podium on the line mm-hmm. but despite the disappointment it extends alpine's lead over alpha terry now to 29 points which Unless AlfaTerra go and win in Abu Dhabi, basically secures fifth place for um, Alpine. Yep. Um, McLaren the sort of contrasting fortunes. Um, Ricardo um, massively benefited from not pitting under the first safety car. Um, he was up to fifth by the first restart um, and finished fifth, um, nursing his medium tyres. He was one of the only people who switched to mediums and actually kind of got a decent result. Area actually. Uh, Norris, meanwhile. Did put under the safety car, dropped from 6th to 14th, which was gutting. He also started the first restart in the wrong grid spot because the FYA were too late telling McLaren where he needed to start. It was a whole mess. Um, He managed to get back up to 10th for a point, which actually means McLaren did score one more point than Ferrari. Um, But the gap is now 38.5 points, which again, short of McLaren getting a 1-2, means Ferrari have basically secured third in the constructors now. Yeah. Um, we have to mention Giovinazzi, made it through to Q3, started 10th. He was up as high as 7th at one point after the restarts um, and only then lost places to Ferraris to finish 9th, his best result of the season. Um, he seems to have really come to life since he found out he was losing his seat, basically, doesn't he? Yeah, um, as Hodor- they do. I'd also say a few days of Formula E testing probably did him well for this race because it was a very Formula E race in a lot of yeah, ways, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, it totally like the track's almost a Formula E track, isn't it? Yeah, it kind of felt like it. So like walled in. Um, Latifi as well, quietly had a really good race. Uh, he qualified 16th, lost a few places, but then kind of navigated the carnage to climb up to 12th place, which is like one of his best results of the season, I think. Which it's is a great result for Latifi and a Williams as well. That's a great yeah. result for any Williams, that. Yeah, I mean, it makes you wonder where Russell would have finished had he stayed in the race, but... Yeah. yeah. Um, Quick couple of stats for you to finish up. Uh, Hamilton's now extended his record of wins at different circuits to 31 different circuits now. And Verstappen has equaled the record for the most podiums in a season, which is 17. Um, He now co-holds that record with Hamilton, Vettel, and Michael Schumacher. Uh, which obviously means Mm. assuming he's on the podium in Abu Dhabi, he will take that record outright, Mm. which is pretty impressive. Although I will also add that this season there's been more opportunities to be on the podium than any season in F1 history. So slight pinch of salt, but...
1: Is that a real stat? If that's the case, yeah. I'd I mean, you, you, you there's, sort of a, lot, there's look... a lot of stats in Formula One that are a bit like, mm, you know, like most points scored in a season is just a load of nonsense, isn't it? Because the point systems changed over <laughs> many years. I mean,
0: it makes the Schumacher 17 podiums look all the more impressive because they yeah. done in seasons wow. of like 18 or 19 18, races. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Driver of the day:
2: Carlos Sainz.
0: <laughs> yeah he had a good climb back up the field didn't he um, where did he start he was down in 15 15th 15th, I think. 15th. 15th up to 8th uh, yeah. actually had a go at passy and the clear at one point as well before I, mean, I think they were called off
2: it was a of clear for a while at one point as well
0: yeah yeah that's a good shout um, maybe Ocon maybe Giovinazzi
2: yeah, Ocon's think, had a decent race, doesn't he? I mean, thinking about it, yeah, probably. I mean, if Ocon had made it on the podium, I'd have probably said Ocon actually.
0: I feel like Ocon benefited from the red flag a lot, though. Mm. Um, I guess
2: he was one of the I ones mean, that didn't stop, wasn't he?
0: Yeah, then again, you could say that about a lot of the grid. I almost want to yeah. give it to Giovinazzi, honestly. I, well, hmm. Let's not forget Bottas. Bottas
1: sort of Bottas really suffered from the red flags and fought his way. Sort of back yeah. up onto the podium. He did make a right hash of one of the restarts, though. Mm. Did he? Uh, yeah. That's not driver of the day worthy.
2: No. No. I mean, he started second and finished third. Just. It was. It was.
0: I can't which restart it was, but everyone was so focused on the Hamilton Verstappen shenanigans, he kind of got away with having a really massive lock up into turn. I don't. I don't think it was even.
2: And... I don't know if it was even a restart. It might have been the start. Yeah, it might have been. A- no, because um, he held no, it. wasn't
1: the start. Starts. He was second in the start. Oh, yeah. He it, it was, really a nice first, it was the
2: first restart then. It was definitely the first restart.
1: My vote's going to Giovanazzi. Okay. Let's go Giovanazzi. I can go Giovanazzi. I think it's this is the, probably the most difficult one of the year because we didn't really see much of anyone else. <laughs> it was all very much
2: the two guys at the front and all the madness around that. I'll just remain out vote on Carlos signs, but I'm happy with That's that. That's fair. Uh, what about <laughs> move of the day? Uh,
0: Verstappen's second restart was yes. legit
2: that yeah, was a hell yeah.
0: of a move I do want to call out and I've put a link to it in the document um, Giovinazzi passing Alonso in the opening laps which was an awesome Sorry. pass um, you'll need to go to like the second half of that video to actually see it but it was a heck of a pass like, I think as Martin Brundle said, you have to wake up very early to overtake Alonso around the outside, but it was a very nice overtaking to turn one. Do you
2: know what? That's really, really weird because now I'm watching the move, I'm remembering it, <laughs> and I remember David Coulthard said exactly the same thing. You have to wake up very <laughs> oh, early did, in the yeah, morning yeah. to go yeah. around the outside of Fernando Alonso. Wow,
0: that is a hell of a move around the outside. Yeah, that being okay, I'd give, said, i picked give that move of the day. I do kind of think it's still gotta be Verstappen's restart, personally. I wanted to share that Giovannazi move out, but Okay, yeah, let's give it to Verstappen. Verstappen restart. we are giving <laughs> okay. him such a bashing
1: that yeah, gotta give him that. We'll him... We've got to show <laughs> some impartiality.
0: <laughs> and then
1: final award. Oh my god.
2: Honestly, what the f- are we doing here?
1: Easy, I honestly easy. don't know where to begin. I can tell you mine straight. Hands down, straight away, the the auction of grid places. is hundred percent. Just the most bizarre.
0: I've never been more WTF watching Formula yeah. One. I think, yeah, do you know what? I think you're right. Like, there's so many things we could get into, but I think it is that. It yeah. was. It, it says something when someone's gone into the back of someone at
1: low speed down a straight. <laughs> and we're not even considering. And we're it. not even considering that. Yeah. WTF. Like th- this yeah. takes it takes the cake. It's just absolute sheer and utter meddling madness is what it there is. Are, it, it, there it are is votes bonkers. in the
0: live chat for just giving it to the whole bloody thing, which I'm tempted to. But the whole bloody thing, yeah. <laughs> I do like the phrase auction of good places, so we'll give it that. Yeah. Um, so like and then Savile. finally, really briefly, something we do every time we go to a new track, which is a quick thought on what we think of this as a circuit for F1 to go racing
2: on.
1: um, in, in one in, in two words, book wild. Like just absolutely awesome to watch cars going around it. I think it, it turned out a lot, lot better than I was expecting it to. I
0: I think there's room for improvement. I think it could be a bit safer, but I, I think it's found a good, it yeah i found it difficult to enjoy any of the racing honestly like this is one of the few weekends i've been able to watch all three f2 races and the f1 race through a weekend and i was kind of on edge through all of them because there's just no margin for error like we we didn't see like the enormous crash that a lot of us were fearing but Mm. It just seems to be fast for the sake of being fast. Like George Russell after the race, um, he's sort of taking on his role as the GDPA uh, director. Sort of said the same thing. Like it, it, it feels like the place needs some improvement. Like the turns, like turns, sort of like four, five, six, seven. That first wiggly bit is kind of pointless because those they're all easy flat corners for an F one car so it might as well just be a straight, but by having it be wiggly, you're just creating all of these blind corners where if someone has an incident, it can very quickly become a much bigger incident. Yeah. And yeah, Yeah, I I think it needs, I think it needs some improving. Unfortunately, we're here again to race in, I think it's April. So I doubt many changes are going to be made. Nah, um, I mean, they, they've built it quick <laughs> enough. Yeah, well, then like, again, it yeah, took like months to build think, the whole thing. Yes, we didn't
2: think it was going to be finished, so they can probably make some changes.
0: Yeah, I mean, personally, I wouldn't mind if they never race there again, but they're obviously going to, so I would like to see some changes. Yeah, I wonder if that added to some of the anxiety, actually,
1: the the sort of tenseness of the high-speed nature of it. I hadn't really mm. thought of that, but maybe, yeah, maybe that was a contributing factor for how sort of stressed i felt throughout the entire race just
0: waiting for some some, the next crazy thing to happen i also think just like away from the kind of speed and the sort of safety in terms of crashes state of things it also seems to be a track where if a car goes off in any way anywhere on the track it's at least a virtual safety car every single time and that's—is that what you want from a racetrack? No, like definitely not. It—it it, just the whole thing was so stop-start and like stunted, and never really felt like it got going. Yeah, and
1: I could yeah. not agree more with that. It was definitely it never really felt like it truly sort of. There was there was a brief period where Hamilton was chasing Verstappen, where it felt like right, we've got a race on here. This is going to mm. get really good, and it and yeah, that was a very that was a particularly that was a good feeling. Like that was the one time yeah. in the race that I felt really good and felt really excited and optimistic for how the race was going to turn out. And then obviously just things just kept happening and it just <laughs> kept taking the shine off of it, which was just, mm. um, but overall, I think it's a spectacle. I think it, it, it was. is, it is something a bit different. I think there's definitely, there, there is, of course, there's room for It's the first time they've run there. Um, I'm sure they'll go back with feedback and make changes and and change, bits here and there to make them safer um considering some of the accidents and no one was injured you know like the, the turn 22 chicane that yeah there could have been some airplane yeah. crashes there and maybe they got lucky or maybe they set the circuit up right to absorb the kind of sort of incidents that are likely to occur there but um whatever mm. your take on it is i think ultimately i think we were robbed of what could have been a really really good race by the, the stunted stop start stop start nature of the track yeah and
0: maybe the layout of the track itself is to blame for that. So maybe there's some work to do in that regard. Let's maybe instead of 27 corners have, I don't know, 18. Hmm. That's Hmm. still plenty, right? I mean, uh,
1: Austria's got one of the best tracks on circuit. That's got like eight. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) true. Ten, eight or ten.
0: Let's not get into what's (laughs) a corner and what's
1: not. I mean, let's not distract (laughs) everyone and make them want to tweet us saying, oh, actually... Austin's got, uh, your Austria's
0: got... Yeah, yeah. I'm not getting into that boring. Uh, Tom, do you want to take us through predictions?
2: Yeah, I'll, I'll keep it brief. But I mean, the three of us all earned a couple of points piece for different reasons. You guys got double ham and I got the number of finishes with a Hamilton win. That um, is crazy. You got 15. for. I can't believe you got that right. I mean, so many people went along with me. Uh, yeah. So there's a lot of people score points for that 15 finishes. Like, I mean... I think it was written all over it personally. I don't know why I was thinking saying 19. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Chris, um, Chris, 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 Chris. I mean, I said 18, I think. Yeah.
2: <laughs> On, there was a number of people scored three points this, this week, which was our highest score. It sounded wow. too many to like reel all the names off, but a lot of people got three points. Um, only one person got sebastian vettel as a random driver's finishing position yeah uh, jeremy De Mink got him in 16th with also a point fastest that's uh, number of finishers at 15 and uh, a lewis fastest qualifier so one of the three point finishers was jeremy demink uh, but was the only person with seb's position correct
0: i think vettel left let a lot of people down this week or i guess right oh, yeah
2: 100%. Like it's, it's a combination, weirdly, of people not having Mick for uh, first DNF yeah. and or being too faithful in the cars finishing. Yeah. And, then, and then, obviously, Seb, it like, it's one combination of those that's cost people most points. <laughs> so, yeah.
0: Right. All that being said, it's time to look ahead for the last time this season. Preview the next race in Abu Dhabi. Shall I give you some storylines? Give us some storylines. Yeah. Just run through them. Here, have some.
1: Um, will it all, first storyline is will it all end in tears? Obviously, it's the most obvious one. Is that Hamilton and Verstappen both tied on points? Verstappen leads the championship by virtue of the fact he's got more race wins with nine to Hamilton's eight. He has mm. the option of doing a Senna-Prost into Turn 1 and just ending it there and then, and potentially uh, stewards allowing <laughs> being world champion. So what do you think is going to happen there? Do you think it's... I, I'm going to ask you right now, do you think that will happen? Do you think he'll cause an in, do, you, do you think there'll be a crash into Turn 1 or do you think they'll end each other's races at any point?
2: I mean, I'm not saying it won't happen, but I am saying if there's enough blame to be apportioned, he'll end up like Schumacher did in 97. They, will kick, they, will, they will kick him out of the championship if he does that. I mean, there was the there was the whole thing with Senna Prost, but it's not been stood for since, has it? Like yeah. Schumacher was booted out of the championship for that. Um and I don't think they'll they'll hesitate to do it again because it's not something that the sport should be standing for if, if there's any way to apportion blame. No. So
0: I think as well, there's a lot of runoff and scope to run wide mm-hmm. around turn one. Um, at Marina and if Hamilton is on pole, I think he will just be aiming for the runoff just to be safe. Yeah, if Verstappen's anywhere near his inside, so yeah, I'd like to think it's gonna act- they'll actually both finish the race. I mean, but the- then does he leave the track and gain an advantage? Just <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> yeah. does, does not being crashed into count as gaining an
1: advantage. We'll find out, we'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> go on, Tom. You had one. Oh,
2: one no, thing. I was just gonna say, like the momentum's with Hamilton at the minute, isn't it? He's won the last three races, mm-hmm. so oh, that momentum. He's done that all season as well. Yeah, like yeah. the momentum's his, and to to go with that, it's a track that he's won at enough times to. I mean, to be fair, Max has won there, hasn't he? Like Max won last
1: year. So yeah, they've both won mm-hmm. there. They've both won there. Yeah. I mean, it's just too close to call, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Yeah um next storyline can red bull steal the constructors they've got a 28 point gap to mercedes at this point so they'd need a very good result in order to do it and they probably need mercedes to have not so good a result to deal with it but they'd need it it, on two essentially wouldn't they i think yeah i I think if it it all ends in tears then
2: yeah i I think despite what i I was saying a long time ago bottas has proven me wrong hasn't he Bottas has had a strong end to the season and Mm -hmm. kept Mercedes in it. Whereas I thought that you'd be back in Perez more um, in these last... Yeah, Perez seems to have dropped off a little bit, hasn't he? Yeah, Yeah, which is a shame for me on that front. (laughs) (laughs) Fortuitous for Mercedes.
0: Yeah, I, I think the constructors is over at this point. Yeah. Okay. I, well, it's you know it's not over till it's over but
1: it's 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 going to be difficult for Mercedes d- difficult for Red Bull to uh to overcome that lead isn't it?
2: Yeah, it's a, it's a big gap without an incident for at least one of the Mercedes cars anyway.
1: Yeah. Um so I've got some battles to watch for you for the mm. next couple of storylines. Um we've got um the battle for fifth in the championship which is Leclerc Norris and Sainz. So Leclerc's on 158, oh, wow. 158 points, Norris is on 154, and Sainz is on 149.5. So a lot to play for, I think, between those three drivers, especially yeah. for Norris. Yeah. Norris would be looking to beat the Mercedes and um, beat, sorry, beat the, beat the Ferraris and get himself back into that fifth position. Um, and then we've got another one between Ocon and Alonso. After Ocon's fourth place in <laughs> uh, in Saudi Arabia, they're both in the battle for tenth. Ocon in eleventh, Alonso tenth.
0: Oh, wow. oh, I'll be honest, I thought Ocon Ocon's was seventy-seven. I thought Ocon was quite a bit ahead of Alonso, given that he's won a race this season. But I guess he's had a sort of feast or famine kind of season, hasn't he? Whereas,
2: I think that is exactly it. We I think we touched on it a little bit before, where the difference between them really is that alonso's consistently finished in the points um and then ocon's been like like you say feast or famine he's he's won races but then barely finished in the points when he has finished um like ninths and tenths i suppose alonso's podium in qatar's gone a little way towards yeah that's true creating that gap as well in recent races
1: so yeah those to reiterate those are your drivers to watch for the next race outside of the uh, top two so that's Leclerc, Norris, Sainz, Ocon and Alonso the two Ferraris the two Alpines and Norris
2: sadly I don't think any of those things will actually get any coverage during the race weekend next weekend. <laughs> no I chance.
1: doubt it um, but uh, it's worth you know if you've got the driver tracker, you can keep your eye on that
2: uh, do you know what actually just a very quick addition to WTF that I'd forgotten about that I was going to bring up Watching Lewis Hamilton take corner after corner on his own, doing nothing of interest, whilst Ocon and Bottas are battling for third. Yeah, that had me fuming. Yeah, that you just reminded me when I brought that up about yeah, that not seeing so any dumb. of that. That was so annoying. Mm.
1: <laughs> okay, so back to storylines. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. The fi- my final storyline is just to watch out for outgoing drivers Giovinazzi and Raikkonen looking to end their tenure in a flourish. Hmm could be it could be interesting that that's really all championship wise there's not really much other than those sort of five that i mentioned there's not an awful lot there that and obviously that fight the for fifth is tasty though the fight yeah, for fifth like is that. spice isn't it yeah it, that'll be a good one to it'd be
0: a good sort of um side quest to take <laughs> yeah. while you're side I, the I would say my money's on norris for that i think Ooh. this new layout is going to suit mclaren Quite nicely.
2: I mean, they they did better here than I thought they would. In, in all honesty, um, yeah, I thought it was going to be. I mean, <laughs> saying that they didn't really they didn't really end up finishing that well. But I mean, overall for the weekend, it went better than I thought it would. Right. So, let's
0: let's stop stalling for time and make our final predictions of the season. Yeah. All yeah. to play for. Starts. All to play for. I'm let's... like
1: literally one point behind
0: the leader.
2: Yeah. Uh, let's run through them. So fastest in Q3. I guess
0: we're like making our race predictions and also predicting the champion at the same time here, aren't we? Yeah, probably. Kind of, yeah.
2: Oh, my God. Um, Stu, I want to make you go first as leader.
1: Uh, Fastest Q3, it's got to be Hamilton.
2: Does anyone disagree? That's the question. Absolutely not. Funnily enough, neither do I. I do not disagree. This Uh, is
1: where Verstappen storms to poll now.
2: (laughs) Winner, Chris
0: Hamilton.
2: Oh, a double ham, stew. (laughs) Um,
1: I want to. I really want to say Bottas for (laughs) last, but I, I just can't bring myself to do it. Oh, my heart of hearts, say uh, Hamilton. I think Hamilton. Yeah,
2: I am going out there now. I'm saying Verstappen. Oh, I'm going for it. Tommy, Tommy, Tommy. I mean, me first, Tom first, is easy because until he retires at the end of the season, it's always going to be Kimmy. So that's easy. Uh, Chris, what about you?
0: Do you know what? I'm going to go down the tragedy route as it's his last race and I'm going to join you in saying Kimmy. (laughs) (laughs) And Stu? I
1: am going... Don't call me a fanboy. I am going to say... Verstappen. I oh, thought you might. Bold. I thought you might. I think he's going to do something silly in desperation. I, I think mean, he's going to finally buy just gone is anything to go <laughs> Exactly. Form yeah. has shown that he's been doing silly things recently, and I think, yeah, something's going to go wrong for him. Uh,
2: in number of finishes, I'll go first, because he's on my first in yeah, if it's obvious, uh, I'm going to say 17 here, because I think we're at the end of the season... Few people might just retire because of long wear on cars and stuff, but mm-hmm. we don't generally see too many incidents. So I'm going with like just end of the season uh reliability issues really. Uh Stu, what about you?
1: I think sixteen. I think there are a few retirements due in this one. So yeah. mega
0: like sixteen. I mean, I've got to copy one of you because that was like the ballpark I was in. <laughs> I'm going to go 17 as well. I think.
2: Okay, and then for the last time this season, Chris, could you generate us a random driver from the
0: our last random driver of the season, Fernando Alonso.
2: Ooh. Ooh.
0: Where did he come in this race? Just gone back.
2: Fourteenth, I think. Didn't he? Didn't
0: have a great one.
2: I think it was 14th.
0: I'm going to go 12th.
2: Okay. Chris.
0: I'm going to just stall for time ever so briefly while I look at his last few results. And I'm going to say ninth.
2: Okay. I'm glad you went ninth and not eighth because I want eighth. <laughs> so I will stick with that. Eight. And that's us done. Uh, if you want to join in for the last time this season, head to backofthegrid.com. Registry. If you know not to got an account and get submitted, they'll be open now as you listen to this. And in fact, because you're always so eager in live chat and Discord, it should be open now, 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 <laughs> now, 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 now. now, So go do it.
0: <laughs> um, just out of interest, uh, it, it it would potentially involve a bit of count back to see people's highest scores, but I think up to 17 different people can still be over. Season champion predictions,
2: uh, yeah. I did check this earlier and I forgot to mention it when we were doing it before because I've glazed over the standings by accident. Um, <laughs> te- technically speaking, yes, 17 people could be champion, one of which people is Stu Greenwood. One in second,
1: second in uh, the standings, booze for me, uh, booze for me. As long
2: as it's not Stu, everyone will be <laughs> happy. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's a winner if it's not Stu, <laughs> so yeah. Uh, congrats on that one Stu You've basically beaten me and Chris. I don't think we've got mathematical way of catching uh, you. No, could you not? You're in, oh, you're yeah. in the you're in the mid 30s, and we've not broken 30. Oh wow, we, we
0: truly we truly are in the twilight zone, aren't we? Highest yeah. I can get now is like ninth or tenth, I think.
2: Yeah, I mean you could get into the 30s potentially with a good weekend, yeah. but that's about it. Unlikely. So yeah, right. right. Let's, let's get some inbox done. Shall yeah, we? Let's, yeah, let's get some let's of get this. this.
1: Get the show wrapped up. <laughs>
0: who's going first
1: uh, i'll go first um wesley says lando did not mince his words when it came to his feelings on the rule allowing tire changes during a red flag do you think his outspokenness, his, outspokenness, his outspokenness will actually get the FIA and F1 to listen and consider some substantive rule changes?
0: No. Yeah, I don't That's think Is the really. short answer? Yeah, I think the short answer on that one is no. Sad, like. we've, we've had this situation crop up a few times in recent years and lots of people complain and nothing's happened, so I don't believe for a second it's going to happen again. Um, if you missed it, Lando described it as the stupidest rule that's ever been thought of, or worse to that effect. <laughs> but there must be something we're missing. That like There must be,
1: a res- if we get rid of that rule, what what are the ramifications if we get rid of the rule? So, like, obviously, the, it's, it must be in for safety to allow people to change. That's the only types. thing I can think of, yeah.
2: Mm. And, and on and that basis,
1: then they won't ever change it because they're not going to just make drivers less safe.
0: Yeah, the the only workaround, as I said, would be you'd have to ask for permission on a safety basis, but that's adding a whole extra factor to be dealt with during red flag periods, which are already yeah. Also when you look at
1: when you look at the shenanigans this season that have been going on from the teams, Mm. oh this is broken, oh that's broken, oh you know, you you, it doesn't take a much of an imagination to see a, a team like uh, any competitor going, oh, well, my tire's looking a bit dodgy. I think we need a new one on safety grounds. There's, yeah. a, there's, so... the red, there's a red flag. See if you can run over some debris on the in-lap so we can change your tyres. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, there's all kinds of yeah silliness it can cause. Ah, I'm trying to think of another reason why they might not change it. And I can't, or why that rule exists. There must be a reason why that rule exists for so many of things to have happened, for it to have ruined so many races and then still keep
0: it it's, it's got to be a safe thing it's the it's the obvious answer
1: yeah there's definitely something we're missing though there and if you know what it is if you're listening and you <laughs> know what
0: it is messages yeah, and tell by us all means. Would, or tweets say. yeah i'd love to know alexia asks now that it's nearly had a full season, should fans be allowed to hear the radio between the FAA and teams? my opinion on Max's grid drop for the third start was probably distorted because of the talk of quote the deal with Red Bull, even though I agree with the outcome That's an interesting question
2: mm, I mean it's a useful insight isn't it I, I think it I think it does provide more than it um like it provides more benefits than it issues it causes if that makes sense like it is definitely useful to to hear the decision process to understand why a decision is being made rather than being left in the dark however the need to broadcast uh team managers basically whining to michael massey and <laughs> causing him to say shut up talking to me otherwise i'm just going to stop listening like there's just no need for that and it's just like trying to generate drama where there actually isn't mm. drama uh i don't yeah. think we need that and it is i don't know it's a bit of a black well, smudge on it it's but.
1: not so much that it's, it's trying to show there is it's not generating drama where there where there isn't drama because the drama is there for us all to see but i think we don't it doesn't a better way of putting it is it doesn't necessarily benefit the sport us seeing them bickering like that I yeah think that's yeah. more your vibe isn't it oh, yeah like,
0: I, I like it in principle as a thing, that's part of the broadcast. But I think right now it's being used more to add drama than it is to add value, information and value. Yeah, and yeah. I think as long as they, they swing back in that direction, then I I don't have any problem with it staying. Yeah, but yeah. I think that the issue with it is the only time that anyone would ever speak to
1: race control it would be to complain about an issue usually. like there's, there's, it's not very often that you go to race control and say, hi, Michael, I hope you're having a nice time. Or hi, Michael, <laughs> yeah. here's some information about my car for all the other teams to hear me talking to you about. You know, like that, that you're never gonna get information from that feed, you're only ever gonna get the, the team, the sporting directors, whoever, team principals, sporting directors, whoever it might be talking, Complaining about other teams to him. So, yeah, you know, it's either it's either gone or or, or it, it's gone and everyone's happier for it or it stays and continues to make the sport look bad. <laughs> That's my <laughs> side
0: of it.
2: Yeah. Um, Bodycoat slash Cody Boat says Does the FIA bear some res- responsibility towards Max's driving standards? He didn't get penalized for lunging uh, Lewis in Brazil. And so he lunges Lewis in Jeddah and ends up with a penalty. I don't think I'd be proud of that race even if I was in an <laughs> F <F1> one online lobby. <laughs> yep.
1: That was my point exactly earlier yeah. with the mm. booing. Like I think no one came here to see that. So and it's, fair it's not
0: even just Max's driving standards. Like you look you can look back yeah, to the whole season of the way penalties have been applied or not applied. And yeah, it's it's saying something's right one week and then penalising the next and vice versa. Yeah. 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 Even the drivers have all been saying no one really at this point knows where they stand, or like, mm.
1: or they're saying there's one rule for one, one rule for one driver, and uh, you know this is multiple drivers who have said this now as well. It's one rule for one driver and another set of rules. It feels like for everyone else, which yeah. again just it can't be right, can it? Like that if you've got the drivers speaking out and saying things like that, then something's wrong, and it needs to be put right. Yeah. mm Hmm. Uh, Next one, Um, Tom Tom Austin Morgan says, I'm not a fan of one or the other driver, but I do think Verstappen doesn't deserve the title this year. I can see him taking Hamilton and himself out and hoping for hoping to win on countback of wins, win the championship on countback of wins. If that happened, do you think the FIA would let it stand like Senna Prost, or award it to Hamilton? And there's similar questions from Sarah Philippe.
0: Joe Silk, Pete Sturt, and Kieran Sinfield. Yeah, lots of same question, different wording this week.
2: Yeah, I, I, I refer back to what I said earlier that if there's any 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 implication of intention to end both races or or whatever, then it ought to go the way of Schumacher '97. Anyone's yeah. ruining out of the championship, it's, and it, it. he'll lose all the credibility and respect that I've got for him. Like, don't get me wrong, I, I I think that he has his moments. Like this weekend is is sort of kind of tarnished what is a really talented career, but he's gonna just throw it all away if he does something stupid like that.
0: Yeah, and like we've we've spoken before about like penalties, whether penalties should be. um, applied based on what happened or what the outcome was. And we've sort of generally lean more towards the just take the context away, just deal with it in isolation. But I think when you get to, like, final round of a season, it's a championship deciding incident. You have to take the context yeah. into yeah. account when you're deciding on what to do. Um, yeah, I mean, if, if, if the championship was won in that way, like – yeah it, it would be a mess. We'd never hear the end of it, and I don't think anybody the staff and founder otherwise actually wants to see it end that way. And I really hope we don't end up having that discussion in a week's yeah. time. Yeah, yeah I, I am going to be anxious
1: all week, all the way up to Sunday. <laughs> yeah, I'm so nervous so I, I'm super already It's only what we record on a Monday, and I'm super super nervous um, yeah Already,
0: like, so yeah yeah like and paul just made a point in chat that i agree with like that f1 the i need to tell them both what will happen if like that situation like if if this situation happens and it is obviously predominantly or wholly one of your faults like this is what will happen because the last thing we want is for this championship to be sided in an fia courtroom in a month's time you know yeah exactly but yeah, hopefully we never have to have yeah. that discussion. Um, yeah. Next, uh, Vasco Bredenfeld. Do you feel the stewarding was up to standard this weekend? As of a and supporter this year, even I was thinking he'd get a black flag for this incident, especially when they investigated it after the race. 10 seconds feels a bit on the low side for this kind of incident. Yeah, and there's another one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, sure um, yeah. Megan 95 similarly said, um, surely it's time we have consistency in stewarding uh, same stewards every race, including one or two drivers from the modern era. It's infuriating that the decision to not penalise or at least investigate Turn 4 in Brazil has rumbled onto yesterday. If the stewards investigated, maybe penalised Maxi wouldn't have braked way too late into Turn 1, wouldn't have had to give the position back, wouldn't have brake-tested Lewis. Ultimately, Max's driving yesterday was awful, but was allowed to happen by the FIA.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> well, much I, to I can't really add much to that. <laughs> no,
2: I'd I just refer back to something that we discussed earlier, which is I think that the, you know, the FIA on the whole are maybe taking a little bit of responsibility for the incident playing out the way it did, in the way that they decided to distribute the information and in what order. I think there's yeah, an a, there's there's like an admission of guilt in the penalty that they've given him. In all honesty,
0: yeah, I will say. Taken in isolation, just looking at this race, I actually think the stewards on the whole came to more or less the right decisions. I think the, again, the red flags messed up a bit, but I think the opportunities to give positions back rather than give penalties were offered at the right points. The five-second mm-hmm. penalty that Verstappen gave was probably right for that, given the 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 position back. I don't think you can prove it was objectively a brake test. So I think a 10 second penalty for that is probably right. So in isolation, I think this the weekend itself was actually not that bad for the stewards. But again, it's as soon as you start well, comparing on it to all the other weekends that it just falls apart because there's absolutely no consistency. If if there's a driver coming up behind you and he's right behind
1: you and he's getting closer and closer and you slam on your brakes, if it's not a brake
0: test, what is it? I don't think he realised he was directly behind him at the point he did that. I, I think I, he was. Well, okay, let me rephrase it. I don't think the thought process was Hamilton is directly behind me. I am now going to hit my brakes, so yeah. he runs into the back of me. His thought process was I want to make sure Hamilton passes me before the DRS line, so I'm going to hit the brakes, and he did a bad job of that and did this at the point Hamilton was behind him. So you're giving him the benefit of the doubt? Yeah. And I think you have to, because I don't think you can, I don't think there's enough evidence to prove he deliberately did that to have him run into him. Okay. It's also worth adding as well that um, Verstappen's tyres had some pretty nasty cuts in the end of the race as a result of that incident. So it's not like he came out of that roses and Hamilton Mm. was disadvantaged by it. Yeah.
2: No, fair Uh, enough. Yeah, moving on from that one, uh, Mike Wallace says, has this weekend caused damage to the reputation of Formula One? Ooh.
1: I don't think it's a good look when you've got um, the stewards, well, Michael Massey, the, the the race director, on the phone to the teams negotiating where they're going to start mm. on a grid. No. I think when, when you've had qualifying and when there's, there's a clear rule set in place and when, you know there's there's logical steps that you can take i don't i don't see how the judge should be negotiating i don't think no the the judge should ever be negotiating the judge is the person who applies the 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 word the the sort of letter of the law and that shouldn't be open for interpretation and i think what's happened so often this season has come to more or less come to a head in in that at that particular point of this race is that the the rules have been applied in an inconsistent liberal um open to interpretation way Mm -hmm. and i don't think that's right and i i I was just completely and utterly gobsmacked when i was watching that so i think that as, as a sport i think that looks
0: really really bad when you're negotiating with the competitors about what penalty to give them, again, you just have to imagine that situation arising in any other sport, and yeah. it just yeah. sounds completely if, farcical, doesn't it? Imagine
1: I mean... like if if you know if, if if you're in a football match and they said <laughs> so right, well, it? I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna give him a yellow card, but I'm gonna give two of their players a yellow <laughs> card because. Thing, and I
2: might give them, uh, but I'll give you a free kick as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, It's like like a, That's kind of what it's like,
1: isn't it? It's it really is, weird. It is
2: basically like going, look, I'm going to book you unless you substitute yourself right now. And then <laughs> because, because it, because it would have been your second yeah. yellow card and you would have got sent off. If you substitute before I book you, then we'll call it quits. Because that's you'll still have, you, you still you, have 11 Tom, you players on the field. This. you thought about this, haven't you? It is. It, well, <laughs> no, it, was, it, was your, it was your comparing it to football analogy that I, I sort of came up with that then. But it is like having a booked player and saying, I'm about to book you again. So you're going to get sent off unless you make a substitution mm, now. That's exactly what it and is. then you, you can have 11 yeah. men on the pitch. Basically. It's just completely and utterly outrageous. That is no
1: way yeah. to apply rules in any sport. Negotiation Sa- with the
2: competitors is <laughs> Sadly, out of the question. I think it highlights a problem we've discussed multiple times on this show, which is the teams have far too much control over the sport and the way yep. it's run. Because they decide to
0: stay in any of
2: this. Yeah, they decide on so many rules and so many things, and like Ferrari's classic veto and stuff. Like, hmm, this, yeah, this, yeah. It, it, it highlights, but a, wider the, but, it highlights but a wider problem. It highlights a wider problem.
1: I think this weekend, though, I'll use this analogy again. But I think we have truly entered the twilight zone <laughs> this weekend with like some of the just the weird stuff that's been going on like that. So I think. I don't think it's necessarily going to cause lasting damage to the reputation of Formula One. I think it's probably, you know, it's already the world's going to move on next weekend when we've got a
0: world champion or we've got a court case that's going to last for (laughs) this, you know. Goodness knows um, how long. To pop my cynical hat on for a second, though. Like, yes, this is. Probably one of the worst shows F1's put on for some time for a variety of reasons. But I would also wager that this race has probably got more clicks and comments and views, yeah. of all of that, than any other race this season. And which of those two things do Liberty Media care about more? Yeah, I was about to say I, I'll I, ga- I'll, exactly guarantee you, <laughs>
2: I'll guarantee you, I'll guarantee it. Like I'm the only person in my office that you know actually actively follows Formula One, and races like this are the ones where when yeah. i go back in the when i go back in tomorrow everyone is going to ask me about it and be like yeah. "Oh, what did you think about this what do you think about that because they've all seen it now mm-hmm. like i mean it's it was the the highlights are trending at like number three overall on youtube it's these kind of races that yeah. bring in the people that'll go do you know what actually if this is what it's like i'm gonna go watch drive to survive and so on and <laughs> so forth and it, it spirals that whole yeah drama
0: side of things so and we get more listeners from it which is great true
2: true is that <laughs> yeah. as well
0: and it's weird isn't like and i don't want us to sound like gatekeepy for that like it's obviously great if new people are being brought into sport like more people watching sport is, is always a good thing but at the expense of like sporting <laughs> careful. integrity <laughs>
1: oh, careful chris
2: no, but it, it, there is a point there like In incidents are fine like you know cars coming together and stuff like it's part of racing and i I understand that like why that causes people who were either not fans at all or just casual viewers will come to someone like me and you know be like oh i saw the race this weekend wasn't it cool and like they'll have a conversation about it but if if their question is like I can't believe they was going around asking where everyone wanted to start from. That shows the damage yeah. that it does. Like if they want to talk to me about the incidents on track, I've got way more time for it. Like it's when it comes down to Michael. Mass is basically made us all look like idiots. Yeah. <laughs> in short. Yeah. <laughs> but I suppose, the, que- well the other question is how much of that actually goes on on a normal basis. And it's only like in a season like this, where we've had so much of that radio message being played out during live broadcast that we actually know about it.
1: I don't believe for one second that that would have happened before Michael Massey's era.
2: Yeah, having said that, Charlie Whiting, I don't think you would have. I, I think Charlie Whiting would have um, sort of explained a decision to a team over team radio or something yeah, like that. Yeah, that be that. But I don't think he'd have bartered with them. I'll, I'll, think I'll admit, I'll it, go if, if,
1: if 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 Charlie Whiting had been having... In my my opinion, if Charlie Whiting had been having that conversation... And this is, you know... I, I've never heard Charlie Whiting have a conversation with the team, so it's difficult to confirm or deny this. But I think it would be much more along the lines of, here's what's going to happen. You're going to go here. You're going to go here. And this is going to be this. Yeah, that'd this be is That would be the end of the conversation. You yeah. Know, and this is why. And that would be the end of the conversation. And they might they might argue back, but they'll say, nope, that's the rules, that's what we've decided,
0: that's the I way think it's gonna be. A lot of the problem as well is like Charlie Whiting was like obviously a linchpin of the sport for decades. Yeah, really and well everyone respected. in the sport, yeah, that's the thing. Like everyone had so much respect for him. Even if you disagreed with him, you had respect for him and his position and you know the decisions he came to. Whereas Michael Massey just got very much thrown in the deep end mm. and he's, I guess he's not had the time to kind of earn that respect. And he was maybe like some team saw him as a bit of like a, a soft like, touch, maybe a soft touch or like we, this is an opportunity to kind of nudge him in a direction when it comes to decision-making Definitely, kind of thing.
1: definitely. 100%. Because like we were saying at the top of the show, Hey, I said it finally got to say top of the show. Um, <laughs> it's it's all about gamesmanship it's all about finding an advantage where you can't and that's a factor if you can find a way of being more influential in the ear of the steward (laughs) then you're gonna that's another way of getting within the rules that's another way of gaining an advantage so yeah completely peter willington uh, says, should the stewards have been using penalty points for dodgy incidents between Hamilton and Verstappen earlier in the season, send a clear don't keep racing this way message without impacting the race result Absolutely, that would have been a brilliant idea if they'd been using the penalty point system for its intended
0: purpose then we might not be in the situation that we're in now.
2: Yeah, agree. agree
0: yep. Yeah, completely agree. Can't, I can't even add anything to that. That's yeah, exactly it uh, last question from Charlie I've stolen this question from Reddit thread fair enough I mean we steal stuff from Reddit honest. threads for the show notes every week so we worry about it that's um, news to me <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> uh, but I thought it might be a bit of a lighter topic compared to the many frustrating talking points coming out this weekend and we appreciate that Charlie I think we need it um, yeah if F1 was scripted and you were the writers how would the championship finale play out in Abu that Oh. Oh.
1: Okay, so this is easy. This is easy peasy. Go on, here's. It would be a a straight race with no shenanigans, no nonsense, just a proper good old-fashioned actual race with no pushing each other off the track. No, just who's got the fastest car, who can get the overtake done uh, or or not done, who can pull away a lead. We'll have a nice, just a proper race, just a traditional Formula 1 race. It would be a good way of rounding off a season. (laughs)
2: so simple such a simple request yeah yeah um yeah i i'd have them sort of a bit of like jockeying for position a bit of back and forth i think ultimately the outcome for me would be a max win and i think that's just because i want to see the change and the progression i want to see like the baton being passed down. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm not saying mm-hmm. I don't. I don't ever want to see uh, Hamilton win a title again. I don't want, ever want to see him surpass Schumacher's record because that's not what it is. It's more of a. I want like. I just want that sort of baton to be passed down, and then because you see too, you see too much of this like uh, a driver like winning a bunch of titles, and then they stop winning them, and then they never win another one. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, Schumacher struggled after that period at Ferrari um and then you know retired Vettel had his spree and has never really come close again afterwards Alonso had the couple at Renault and I mean yeah fair enough he came close at Ferrari but it was just it never was quite the same like and so I don't like that but I do like the sort of passing down to like that next generation where Verstappen can go into like a title fight with George Russell in a couple of years, and maybe Lando in a resurgent McLaren, and you know that that whole next generation. Where it, I don't, I just don't want a position where we're in a a grid with no title holders. I guess, <laughs> yeah. Like it would yeah. be, it'd be dull to me to like not have any. I suppose there would be one cool aspect, which would be you guaranteed a new title mm-hmm. champion, a new champion by the end of the season. But I think I like that element of you know defending and I'd like to see that new generation have a just a an out and out like can anyone take it to max once like Lewis is gone and so on so
0: I'd give it max you've both oh. given like quite serious answers and I can only think of stupid stuff so, <laughs> um, I'm going to say like really close like fight for the whole race and then coming through the final corners they're side by side plumes of smoke out of both cars they roll to a halt <laughs> on the final straight their lock eyes, both jump out of their cars and, and start pushing. pushing them towards the line, <laughs> and then like freeze frame, and then fade to black. Yeah, <laughs> no, freeze frame, music plays, friggin' Don't Stop Believing starts playing, roll credits. <laughs> Quality
1: that would be awesome, but and I, I also avoided
0: nice. picking a winner. You'll notice through that as yeah, well. Yeah, you did.
1: Well, so did I. I didn't. I didn't pick a winner. In
0: yeah, lottery. at least I picked a winner. <laughs> yeah. Right after that, um. Epic! I think I'm going to draw us to a close. Um, There's one more you... thing
1: left to say before you do that. Go on, and that is whoever wins in Abu Dhabi <laughs> will win the championship.
2: Not not necessarily, because Bottas could win the race, and somebody else. Oh, oh, okay, uh...
1: okay, all right. <laughs> if Red Bull beat Mercedes in Abu Dhabi, they will win the drivers' championship.
2: Okay, we'll
1: give but you if that. Mercedes yeah, kind give you that. Red Bull, they will win the drivers Oh, and champion. To... We've made it boring. Unless, unless, joke.
2: Yeah, but Chris has got the the anomaly. So if Hamilton finished ninth and Verstappen finished tenth with fastest lap, Verstappen was still in the title. Right, I'm stopping this here. Yeah, me, <laughs> meanwhile in the, the meanwhile in the chat. Massey should be sacked. Oh um, I do just want to take a very quick moment, by the way. Thank you to anyone that's A-made it this far, because obviously it's quite a long episode compared to normal. But I also want to say just thank you to the vast number of people sending us those Spotify, like this was my top podcast or yes. this was my top sport podcast, because that means a lot. Um, yeah, I, really I mean, nice. I tried to like sort of like tweets and reply to people where I could and stuff and just... Sure that we were seeing them and appreciating, but vocally, there is a thank you to all the people at Spotify and beyond. But mm-hmm. yeah, people sharing stuff like that always helps. So that's it's nice to see. So thank you all for that. Yeah, yeah it's been really. Nice this is
0: episode two hundred, guys. Episode yeah. two hundred. Yeah, we did make to start, but <laughs> yeah, and it's maybe the longest one we've ever done. <laughs> yeah, it's a um, bumper episode yeah we'll, we'll get into like mushy thank yous come the end of the year but um yeah that's probably more than we ever thought we'd get to when we started this so uh thank you as always everyone for listening and thank you to all the people in the live show chat who are clearly starting to lose their minds after two hours of podcasting because mm. it's mm. all getting a bit wild in there yeah um, <laughs> so as always you can get in touch with us facebook twitter all those things if you want to send us a message uh back is where you can enter the predictions league as always you've got until the start of q1 predictions and even if you've been listening all season and never taken part you can still win a prize if you get five out of five for the last race so it's worth signing up it's free get involved um we will be back in a week's time to review the final race of the season where all being well we'll have a champion <laughs> cool. so will we though will we we will we will <laughs> yeah, we will. Famous last words. So until then, thanks again for joining us and goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. See you next week.